praise the Lord, everybody. Um, we are uh, continuing this idea that we were working on last week, that the soil produces the grain. And uh, why don't we just jump into the scriptures. I'll just start with a little bit of review, and then uh, we'll get into the, the, the things the Lord has for us. Uh, the, the, just in summary, Mark, Mark's gospel... Uh, chapter 4, Jesus tells the parable of the sower. He says that a sower went to sow seed on the ground. And he said, this is how the kingdom of God is like. And the Bible says some fell on rocky soil, some fell on uh, the path, some fell on a thorny ground, but some fell on good soil. And after he told this parable, the disciples came to him and asked him what the meaning of this parable was because they did not understand what he was talking about. And in verse number 13, Mark 4, 13, Jesus said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? Or how then will you understand any parable? Meaning that all the parables are anchored in this one parable, the parable of the sower who went to sow seed. In other words, if you don't understand this dimension of the kingdom of God, if you don't understand this, it will be very difficult to function in anything else of the kingdom of God. And then, after he, so, so it's foundational. This sower who went to sow, it's foundational. Everybody say, foundational. So if we don't have this, everything else we do will be having a big, big hole in it as it pertains to the things of God and to the workings of God. So immediately after that, he goes in to explain to them what the parable means. And he says, uh, verse number 14, the farmer sows the word. All right, verse 15, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Verse 16, and these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, and they have no root in themselves, but pender for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. Verse 18, verse 18, and the others are ones sown among the thorns, they are those who hear the word, but the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. Amen. What it says in this scripture is that each what we can discern is that each soil type, there's four different soil types, each soil type hears the word. There's not one that does not hear. All right? Every soil type, the rocky ground, the path, the thorny ground, the good soil, all of them hear. All right? It is, uh, uh, it, they are not differentiated in the fact that the word came to them. The difference between the thing that separates these soil types is that the good soil did not only hear the word, but they also accepted the word. And through accepting, they produced a crop 30, 60, and 100 fold. Amen? 
So Jesus uh, continues, and if we jump down to verse number 28 here, it says, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up. The seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. And I emphasize that piece that says, all by itself, the soil produces grain. And that's the title of my message today, continuing from last week, the soil produces grain. All right? God does not produce the grain. The seed does not produce the grain. The touch does not produce the grain. All of these are good and well. But if it's a matter of producing grain, it will come down to an issue of the soil. And we just saw from the previous example that there are different soil types depending on how the soil hears and accepts the word. The level of accepting what they heard is the thing that makes the difference between good soil and producing fruit and soil that just hears and does nothing by way of producing. So all of us here are equally hearing the word of God right now. Everybody, even the one who has their back turned they're still hearing the word because we've made it a point to make sure that the speakers and everything function. Everybody hears. Hear, hearing is what we do publicly. It's something that applies to everybody. But accepting is a very different matter. And everybody who is hearing in here today is not necessarily accepting what they are hearing. And it's the difference between the good soil and the other types of soil. Because the word of God is always incorruptible, it always works, it will always produce after its kind. It's impossible for the word of God to have corruption in it because of the source from which it comes from. So if the, the fruit has a problem with it, it's not the fault of the seed. The seed is incorruptible. It will always be a problem with the soil. And the good soil is different from all other soils because it hears the word but it also accepts what it hears. Amen? Amen? Now the Bible says that the other soil types, they hear equally, all right? But not all of them produce because there's other things that come in the way of accepting the word of God fully. And it describes one of them is the devil himself. And the devil is a liar, which means that they are fed a lie so that the word cannot be accepted. The second one is the rocky place, which represents that you receive, they receive the word, but they're faced with persecution because of the word. And that persecution causes them to let go of what they heard. The last one is the thorny ground, which also hears, but they have worries of this life. They have the deceitfulness of pursuit of wealth and the desire for other things. They equally hear all of them, all right? But because of these distractions, they cannot produce according to the power of the word. So it's never the word's fault. It's always the soil's fault. All right. Now, the Bible says that the good, good soil, they heard the word and accepted and in doing so produced a crop. They heard, they accepted, and they produced. Hearing does not produce. Hearing and accepting. And you cannot accept something unless you have a choice. Something is accepted, which means automatically something else is rejected. 
You cannot accept both the worry and the cares for this life and the word at the same time. The Bible says the, word will, the, the worries will choke the word and keep it from being fruitful. The good seed hears, accepts, and because it accepts, it means it had to choose between accepting this word and, or accepting all of these other things. And there will always be other things because the seed cannot be accepted unless it is chosen. The seed has to be chosen in order for it to be accepted. So there will always be choice and it will be up to the ground to choose. It's not the fact that the good soil did not have the same challenges that all the other soil types had. They all had the devil challenging them. They all had the worries of this life. They all had persecution. But the good soil chose differently. I know this is review, but it's good for you. Amen? So the good soil, they chose, and in doing so, they produced. Meaning they chose and they accepted the word, and they rejected all of these other things. Ooh, hallelujah. Amen? So, so if this is how the kingdom of God works, and it is, this is the parable of all parables. This is how the game is played. This is how God works. This is how God moves. Everything that God does is through his kingdom system. Amen. Amen. So if God ever wants to do something really, really significant in your life, if he's up to something big in your life, he will not come to you with big things. He will actually come to you with a very small word. Why? Because it is always the soil that produces grain. So he will not come with the big things. He will come with the small word, with the big potential. And based on how good the soil is, it will reproduce according to... How am I doing? Does this make sense? Yeah. So you have to discern this when God is dealing with you. It means that if God has given you a promise, he has given you more than you will ever need. Amen. And then some. Because that is the best, best, best thing he could ever give you provided that you're a soil. So the best God will ever do for you, his best birthday gift, his best Christmas gift, graduation gift, he'll give you a word. Mm. He can't do any better because there's limitless potential in that word. It is incorruptible. He gives his very best when he gives you word. But once he's given it to you, it's out of his hands, you see. There's a cooperation that's involved with us taking what we heard and accepting it it's through the accepting which means it has to be chosen which means we have to learn what we're going to reject and what we're going to accept amen amen amen, amen. now i want to give us three case studies we're in the season of case studies case study number one can we go please to the book of acts chapter seven and verse number five Acts chapter 7 and verse number 5. This is the account of, of Stephen. This was actually Stephen's final sermon that he, he preached. or his final, right, right after he gave this sermon, they took him outside and they stoned him to death. All right? This was uh, the persecution of Stephen. And before he died, he gave a, a, a sermon, a speech that covered the whole history of Israel all the way from back up to the present time and these stubborn and hard-hearted people who have ears but do not hear. Sounds familiar. But in the middle of this, he points out, highlights some very, very interesting 
pieces of Israel's history. One of them was this story of Abraham, and I want us to look at this. Hallelujah. It says, now this is speaking of Abraham and how Abraham was called from Ur, Ur of the Chaldeans, called out God, called him, and called him to a land that he would show him. And it says these words speaking about Abraham. He gave him no inheritance here, not even a foot of ground. But God promised him that he and his descendants after him would possess the land, even though at that time Abraham no, had no child. Hallelujah. It tells me that God gave a, a, a seed in the midst of impossibility. And the seed was a promise that the very thing that he was impotent in, God would provide by way of the kingdom of God system. The good seed hears and accepts the word. It says that he did not give him a single foot of ground by way of inheritance, but by way of promise. He gave him descendants as numerous as the sand of the seashore, and all of the land that he saw as far as the eye could see, his descendants would possess. Whew. So Abraham had no inheritance by way of property, not even a foot of ground. He had no son to help him in this procreation pro program that God had promised him. In other words, there's nothing but opposition. However, God gave him a promise. Merry Christmas, Abraham. The best I can give you is promise. <laughs> gave him promise. And the promise was actually exactly opposite of his condition. He said, you're going to inherit the land. Your descendants, which do not exist, will possess the land which does not exist. At least give me a foot of ground. No, no ground, no land, no son. Not only don't you have a son, you have a dead body that's a hundred years old. Good luck, Abraham. <laughs> what does that mean? That means that Abraham had a choice to make between the condition and the promise. Good seed, good soil produces because it sees the condition and chooses against the condition and chooses what thus says the law. He had to choose. Are you following what I'm saying? There's nothing to suggest. Now, this is the complicated thing, and I think this is the lesson that we can take from Abraham. The problem for Abraham was very, very personal and very, very close to him. The Bible says that his body was as good as dead. Because he was a hundred years old. But the promise was pertaining to the very thing that was dead. If the promise was made for something out there. Like that building is yours. It's easier because you don't see it all the time. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Every morning when Abraham wakes up. There's the dead body. <laughs> Every day when Abraham takes a shower. There's the dead body. When he sits down to eat. The dead body, every, he cannot leave his body. The condition is with him everywhere he goes. He knocks on Sarah's door. Come on, somebody. Dead body. Okay? So everything about his life is telling him this thing is a dead case. So he had to choose every day against accepting the condition and choosing to accept the word. Every day, 
all the time, everything about, every time he looks in the mirror to go out, dead body. Every time he checks the mirror in his car, dead body. Every time, you, you, you understand what I'm saying, There's, he, it's with him. The problem is with him. So God intentionally presented him with a big challenge and the size of the challenge was according to the size of the promise. That's a word for somebody right there. Not only did he do this every day, but the day that the promise was given to Abraham, the Bible says that he was 75 years young. And his body was already dead at 75 years. The day that he had a son, he was 100 years old. Which means that for 25 years, every day, every shower, every meal time, every time that Sarah made fun of him, come on somebody, you know? Every time for 25 years, the situation was telling him that it's impossible and it's just not going to happen. Abraham had a choice to make. And I want us just to consider what Abraham did. If we could go to Romans chapter 4, please. Romans chapter 4 and verse number 18. It says, against all hope, we already explained how hopeless this situation was. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations just as it had been said to him. Not just as his condition was, but just as it had been said to him. Meaning he not only heard the word, but he accepted what he heard, rejecting everything else that told him is impossible. Next, next verse, next verse. Watch this. Without weakening in his faith, whew, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Dead. He faced the fact. He had no choice. All right? And that Sarah's womb was also dead. Now, we did not talk about Sarah's womb. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Next verse. Being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had said. Ooh, hallelujah. This, in Mark chapter 4, all right, we have the principle of the parable of the sower, which the whole kingdom of God rests on. In Romans chapter 4, we have a case study of what it looks like to be good soil. He saw the condition, but he chose that God is able to do what he had promised every day, every day, every day. He rejected his dead body, rejected Sarah's dead womb, rejected the complaint that he could file with the Lord. You did not even give me one foot of ground, but you gave me a promise, and I understand how to work the kingdom. Hallelujah. He did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith, giving glory to God. Being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. And if it worked for Abraham, it can work for you. Mm? Hallelujah. I want us to go to case study number two. Let's go to Luke chapter one. And since this is Christmas week, Merry Christmas by the way. Luke chapter one very quickly, please. Verse 20, 20. Eight. Actually, let's just read it because it is Christmas. Tell your neighbor, Merry Christmas. The angel went to her and said to Mary, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. 
Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord, will, the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so, overshadow you. So the one to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing... Hallelujah. Is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said, or the other translation says, may it be to me according to your word. And the angel left. Now the assignment on Mary's life, the plans that God had for Mary's life were big plans. Would you say amen to that? Those are not small plans. But because of the kingdom of God operation, and because the soil always produces grain, he did not visit her with a baby. He had to, by way of kingdom of God operation, he had to visit her with a word. So he did not come with a big son, a grown-up son, even a baby son. He came with word that she had to accept in her ground because the soil produces the grain. And you can see that she was troubled at the words and she even was troubled because she was a virgin. And she said, how can this be because I am a virgin, because I don't know a man? And he said, the, uh, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you so that the child born will be called the Son of God. I would ask another question after that if I was her. When will I know that the Holy Spirit comes to me? What time should I expect his visitation? You know what I'm saying. But she stopped it right there because the word came to her. And then she said these words, good soil language, let it be to me according to your word. In other words, I don't just hear. I accept the word. Despite of my confusion, despite of the challenges that this might bring, did you know, Angel, that I have a, a, a fiancé? We're about to get... Did you know? Could you please ask someone? I mean, so many questions. There is all kinds of demonic forces, lies coming in her ear. There's all kinds of rocky soil, persecution because of the word. There's all kinds of thorns because of the word. So she looks at that. And looks at the word and she has to make a choice. Because the word is only powerful in your life when it is accepted. You are the soil. She looked at her condition. She looked at the word and she said, let it be to me according to your word. I accept your offer. And she gave birth to the Lord child. Amen. Amen, amen. Case study number three, Matthew's gospel. Chapter 8. And we'll begin in verse number 6. This is the story of the, of the Roman centurion who came to Jesus. Let's just follow the story. Lord, he said, speaking to Jesus, Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word. And my servant will be healed. 
For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go, and he goes, and that one come, and he comes. He co uh, I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was astonished and said to those following him, I tell you the truth, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Let me just stop right there. We'll continue reading. But it says that Jesus was astonished. I think that's a verse we should not read too quickly. It's a big deal if somebody can astonish Jesus. Jesus is the big astonish himself. I mean, Jesus has seen it all. The Bible says that Jesus said, before Abraham, I am. I was with him in the beginning, and my throne will last forever. Amen? I am the Alpha and the Omega. My birthday is 2,000 years in earthly terms, but in real terms, my birthday has no beginning. And I am the big astonisher. I hold the world in the palm of my hands. Heaven is my throne. The earth is my foot. I am pretty astonishing. So to astonish Jesus, you understand, it's a big deal. It doesn't happen every day. But it's, what I'm trying to say, it's a big deal to astonish Jesus. He is astonished. And the thing that astonished him is he found a good soil. The only thing that will impress Jesus is a good soil. Because the Roman centurion said, do not come and heal my son. I understand how kingdom works. Just send your word. If you give me a promise, I understand in that promise, I have everything that I could ever need in that promise. It's not a matter of the, soil, the, the seed being corrupt. It is not corrupt, incorruptible seed. It works every time. I know the power of the seed. Just speak the word. And I know my servant will be healed. I accept your word over my condition. I choose between the two. And I say, I choose word. Speak, Lord. And my servant will be Are you following what I'm saying? The next verse, please. He said, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I tell you that many will come from the east and the west and take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Next verse. But to the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. He, he was astonished first. Jesus was astonished first. And secondly, he stopped the whole procession and uses this opportunity to give a lesson to the disciples. And the lesson is, is there were those who are coming from the east and from the west who will come and take their place in the kingdom of heaven. But those subjects of the kingdom will be thrown out. See, the disciples and the people who followed Jesus, they, they considered themselves as partakers of the kingdom of God by reason of the fact that they were natural descendants of Abraham. They thought that they had the inside road with God because they were the natural descendants of Abraham. And Jesus is showing them is that just because you are a natural descendant of Abraham does not mean that you are good soil. It does not mean just because of your lineage or let me put it this way, your church attendance, how, how, how long of a tradition that you have in spiritual things. If you don't have an ear that can hear and accept the word, you might be shocked at the kind of results that will come. Because the real descendants of Abraham are the ones who believe God in the same way that Abraham did. The ones who heard like Abraham heard in the face of 
opposing situations with those options and chooses the word of God. So the centurion was not of the seed of, of Abraham naturally, but he surpassed all of the other descendants of Abraham by his faith. He understood that the kingdom of God needs a good ground and a good seed. Send the seed because the ground is ready. Send the seed because the, the ground is ready. The ground is ready. The ground is ready. Merry Christmas, everybody. Jesus just gave you your Christmas gift. Hmm? Hallelujah. We have a promise from God. Um, let me just say this and then, uh, then I'll, I'll close. I, I, we took some time to mention this in service. I'm sure many of you Mm, are aware of what's going on in the nation at this time. It's a little bit of a, a, a stressful time. Um, I don't want to get into the details, but it's, not, it's obvious for everybody what's, what's going on. There's a little bit of tension in, in, the, in, the, in the country right now. Um, last week, uh, uh, a sister of ours who works, works with us had to go to the countryside to, uh, to, to do some family business and then came back. And when she came back, I asked her, you know, how are things in the countryside? And she reported to me, and, and I quote, meaning it's very scary right now. Okay? Now, uh, I said that because uh, uh, I want to set us up for what God is, is doing. Mind you that two weeks ago, Bishop Banda stood where I stand and he prophesied a national Disaster? No. He prophesied national revival. I heard it with my own ears. After national revival, did not come national revival. What we are experiencing is national chaos. National yasfarra. All right? We were praying this week. I just want to give, because I think it's important that as a church that we speak because if we don't speak into these things, everybody will be blown this way and that. We were praying this week, and God gave us a word. In the midst of the chaos, God gave us a word. Actually, it was Saleh that brought the word. And I want to share the word that God brought so that we could all uh, uh, share, not in the situation, but in the promise of God as a church. Amen? Is that all right? Uh, can we go please to 1 Samuel chapter 2? 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse number 17 please. 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 17. This is in the time of Eli when Eli was priest in Israel. The temple was located in a town called Shiloh. And the evil that was being done at that time by the children of Eli, the sons of Eli, was a very, very high level of evil. Okay? And it says the sin of the young men, meaning Eli's sons, was very great in the Lord's sight, for they were treating the Lord's offering with contempt. You can read the whole story later, but this is the piece that I wanted us to see. The sin of the young men was very great in the Lord's sight. Okay, next verse, please. But Samuel was ministering before the Lord, a boy wearing a linen ephod. Just stop right there. So there's two things going on in the Lord's house. Both of them are serving under Eli. Eli's sons are serving in this capacity. Samuel is also serving in the same 
house with this capacity. The Bible says that the evil and the sin of the sons of Eli was very great, but Samuel was ministering before the Lord wearing the ephod. The boy. One house, two things going on in the same house. Now, jump down please to verse number, uh, I think 26. Yeah, is that right? Yes, verse number 26. Uh, verse 25. So this is some more report. It's just kind of repeating the idea, but it's good for emphasis. Just pick up in the middle part right there. It says, his sons, Eli's sons, however, did not listen to their father's rebuke, for it was the Lord's will to put them to death. Okay, they did not listen to instructions. Next verse. And the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with man. Now go with me please to 1 Samuel 3 and verse 21. 1 Samuel 3 verse 21. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh. And there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. Next verse. And Samuel's word came to all Israel. Just stop right there. This is what the Lord say, was saying to us this week. It says, it's all in the same house. Eli's sons are becoming more and more wicked. It is a picture of the condition in our nation right now. There's a lot of evil going on right now. However, one, one, uh, uh, one piece of this says, but Samuel was ministering. The other one says, and Samuel grew in stature and in favor in that same house. I am impressed with the young boy, Samuel. Because it's not two different houses, same house, same father, same nation. And drama is going on in the nation. But the Bible repeatedly says a comparison between what's going on with the sons of Eli and what's going on with Samuel. Something is going on with the sons of Eli, but something also is going on in the heart of Samuel. And at the end of the day, hallelujah, the, house, the sons of Eli were shown their place. And the Bible says that the Lord continued to appear at Shiloh. And there he revealed himself to Samuel through his blessing. It says that the Lord appeared to Samuel through his kingdom of God, through his word, the big visitation with his word. And the, after that, it says that Samuel's word came to all Israel, Whew. meaning that somewhere, if it's going to come to him and then come to all Israel, that means that there was good ground somewhere in there. The, the seed produced 30, 60, and 100 fold. So my instruction for the church today is that yes, there's evil going on in our nation, all right? But also Samuel is in our nation, and Samuel has good soil, and Samuel will produce good soil, and Samuel's word came to the whole nation. Hallelujah. And then you might ask, well then who is Samuel? So that we can rally around him. Show me who, where is the, we know where the evil is. Where is the Samuel? I'm gonna show you where the Samuel is. Are you ready? Are you ready? No. You are Samuel. You are Samuel. The only thing that separated Eli's sons from Samuel's sons was because Samuel had a good ground. 
If you choose to have good ground today, you are Samuel. And Samuel's word comes to all Israel. It is the good ground. Whew, hallelujah. That will make a difference. Not, it's amazing. It was a personal word that Samuel received. Personal, one individual. But by the time that word was finished bearing fruit, the entire nation heard the word of Samuel. Your good ground is not just for you. Your good ground has the potential to change the nation, to change even the continent, to change even the world. Because the seed has no limit to its power. It is limitless. It can always producing, multiplying, producing, multiplying. So God has given us word. And he said that Samuels are arising now. Don't focus on what Eli's do. It's funny. That means that Samuel was in the house. He saw the evil going on. But he had to choose. Despite of what he was seeing, what he was going, he saw that the, the wickedness of the sons, how they were abusing the gifts and the offerings of the Lord, how they were increasingly growing in wickedness. The Bible says they would sleep with the women that came to present their offerings, Eli's sons. And so Samuel is seeing all this. All right, But he chose to receive the word of God. There is a lot of evil to see. All right, But in spite of what we see, the Samuels are the ones who hear the word and accept it. And through accepting, they will produce. So I have chosen for myself to be a good ground. Amen? Yawatal. It's, 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 it, it pays off to be good ground. My personal good ground can change a nation. Your personal good ground can change a nation. Amen? So we see everything, but we make a choice today. In Jesus' name. Let's just bow our heads where we're at right now. Father God, we do not focus on Eli today and on his sons. Father God, today we focus on the word that you have spoken. You have made a promise, Father God, regarding our lives personally, but you've also made a promise concerning this nation. You have spoken something over this land, Father God. If you have spoken that Ethiopia shall soon raise her hands to the Lord, that means that this word is needing a good ground. Hallelujah. The best thing you could ever give is a promise. We receive your word today in Jesus' name. At the rejection of every other worry, at the rejection of every other comparative voice, at the, at the expense of all other else, we choose your word today. And it shall be to us today according to your word. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, I come against every thorny ground that is full of worry and concern and desire for other things. Father God, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, we choose. Yes, there are things that are concerning us. We see what the sons of Eli are doing. But in the name of Jesus, Father God, we don't choose what we are seeing. We choose today what you are saying.
And I thank you that you have found good ground today. I thank you this ground will produce, it will produce solutions for our nation. It will introduce light, Father God. It will bring a complete rest, Father God, and peace, hallelujah, to our tribal situations, Father God. It shall bring peace to the troubled borders, Father God. It shall even go beyond, Father God. There is no limit to what the seed can do. We pronounce even peace, even in this Christmas season, hallelujah. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace and goodwill, 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 Father God, toward men. May this Christmas be marked not by Eli's son's results, but by what the sons of Sam, the, 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 the seed of Samuel that Samuel received. May it flood the earth today, Father God. In Jesus' name we give you praise.